Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where listeners will be encouraged with positive thoughts and actions that can be applied to combat that negativity that inundates our daily lives. Guiding people to see a positive perspective in personal and professional life events. Now, here is your host, Bob Brum, the Encouragement Engineer. Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where we help combat the negativity that inundates our daily lives with a positive perspective and positive action. Today's guest is Amanda Kate. Amanda is an author of Divine Messy Human, a spiritual guide to prioritizing internal truth over external influence. She's a kinesiologist, (laughs) mentor, (laughs) archetypical life coach, mother, and more. Recovering people pleaser and self flagellator, <laughs> she walks the path straddling the divine and messy daily, <laughs> always growing, developing, and learning new ways of being to hopefully someday leave this earth a better place than she found it. So she lives in Melbourne, Australia with her twin flame, her children, his children, and a dog named Zeus. So please welcome <laughs> to the show, Amanda Kate. And just hey, that part right there, Amanda, sounds like a movie in itself. Her her children, <laughs> his children, and a dog named Zeus. Welcome exactly. to the show. <laughs> Do you know, my kids got so upset that I named the dog in my bio and not them. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, you guys are a bit more identifiable than a dog. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were like, okay, fine. <laughs> Well, if you could, let's tell uh, tell the audience about you. I always like to know about the people we interview. Tell us more about you and how you got Yeah, through. Look, um, you know, obviously, as, as you can tell, my job isn't exactly a, a normal, you know, nine to five type job. Um, kinesiology is a bit different from in Australia than it is in the US. So it's much more about the movement of everything, not just the movement of muscles. So we do look at the movement of the human body and how it's restricted or how it's not flowing the way that it should do. But we also look at the energetic disturbances that are creating those issues. And we look at what's being stuck in the body, the stresses. Um, We look at, you know, how the prana or chi, as it's called in either India or China, is, you know, is moving through the body. Mm -hmm. And and then we look to get the body back to its its normal healing capability because the body does have that innate wisdom. So we really want to touch it back in. In forms of the, or in terms of the archetypal life coaching, that is looking at what the pinnacle of human experience is. And there's 22 main archetypes. And if we've got all of those in alignment, then we are enlightened. So still got a bit of work to do. Um, (laughs) But let's face it, I did say to my editor, I'm not going to be Jesus in this lifetime. So, you know, we're just going to do the best we can. There you Um, go. So um, it is looking at that and looking at working on how we can recognize when we're in the shadow or in the light with those aspects of ourself. And then, um, you know, obviously being a mom, I got divorced almost seven years ago, um, which was obviously a hell of a toxic journey. Um, I remember my psychologist saying divorce isn't for the faint hearted. And I said, I know, but what other choice do I have right now? Yeah. Um, Because the relationship was super, super, super toxic. And so uh, a few years before that ended, I was, I had chronic fatigue and I Mm -hmm. couldn't get myself out of bed. And I'm usually a really, you know, good self-starter and motivated and I've got lots of energy and I just got smacked down and I'd need three hour naps in the afternoon and nothing was working. You know, even my menstrual cycle, I was suffering with 13 days a month. And so, you know, I got, 
I found kinesiology through a psychologist that I booked to go and see, by the way, because she happened to have one on staff. And that just changed my life because I started unpacking all of the stuff that was creating the chronic fatigue, which was all of the emotional stress, all of the psychological stress, all of the energetic you know, priming that I had in my nervous system. So I was constantly on edge. I was constantly waiting for that next attack. And, and it wore me out, like quite literally, physically, energetically, spiritually. And so I was in this tick box marriage where, you know, white middle-class Church of England raised girl did what she did. She got good grades at school. She went to university. She went traveling for a bit. She found a man who was rich and successful, got married, had the two kids, had a beautiful home. And yet I was miserable as sin because nobody looked at what was behind closed doors. Right. And so, you know, all my mum had ever said to me was, but relationships are hard work. So I'm thinking, okay, A plus over, you know, for the high achiever over here. (laughs) (laughs) Not the A you want. (laughs) No. And and also not in the way, like now that I'm in a reciprocal loving relationship, I kind of get that the hard is not the hard that I was dealing with it. You know, the hard I was dealing with was constantly changing goalposts. I could never do anything right. Mm. You know, I just needed to veer the tiniest bit out of this tiny little acceptable realm of my behavior and I'd get smacked into it pretty quickly. And so it was just this constant fear of, you know, have I done things right today or have I got this right today or have I done enough today or have I been enough today or, you know, are the kids doing well enough today? They'd better not be too grumpy or I'm going to get shot down when he comes home and all of that kind of stuff was just constantly going through my mind. And finding kinesiology just helped me unpack it all and release it all. And, you know, I used to use the (laughs) description, it's pretty gross, but, you know, that clump of hair that you get in the drain that's just all full of muck. Yeah. It's kind of like I had to get that out and and try and work it into something usable, you know. Well, well, and that's a good point you bring up because, I mean, we carry around a lot of extra baggage we don't need to carry because of these things. We don't, you know, you've got to, that's a good thing to be able to let that go. I mean, there's a reason why our body does that naturally, if you will. We won't get into those details, but, you know, it's there's a reason for that. You don't need all that stuff because if it backs up, it's not a good thing. I mean, you look at what it does to your physical body and what it can do to your liver and your kidneys and your, oh, your, yeah. your you know, your body. It just, you've got to get that out of there. And if, like you said, yeah. you, you went to a psychologist to help you alleviate that. So oh, I had, I had a help. team of people. Yeah. So, cause I'd found natural therapy. So I was working with a naturopath, um, obviously yeah. to do the, the chemical part of the body. Right. I was working with a Chinese doctor who was doing acupuncture cupping and wow. the Chinese herbs. I was working with my kinesiologist. I was working with my psychologist. I had a chiropractor at the time as well to realign that physical, um, I had a PT as well. So I was working on, again, building that strength, not just, you know, physically, but on all those other levels as well. So at that time, and look, I was blessed that I had the privilege to be able to call on that. But even now, um, you know, obviously post-divorce, a lot of women, you know, aren't in the same kind of great situation they were before. But even now, I'll see at least one or two professionals each month. Now I spread my appointments out and I do all of that kind of stuff, but I still have, you know, I just rang my mentor last week and said, I need three sessions. So Mm -hmm. we've booked in three sessions 
so that I can clear this next lot of stuff that I need to clear. And then I'll go and do some work on my own. Cause again, I'm blessed that I've got some tools, but I'm also seeing my acupuncturist probably once a month. And mm-hmm. so I have those people, I call them my external scaffolding. So mm-hmm. the way that I talk about the internal truth versus external influence, I'm more talking about, you know, that thing that I ticked all the societal boxes. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't feel good because I wasn't following my soul calling. But when I talk about internal and external scaffolding, it's like building those support structures for your life that help hold you up when shit hits the fan. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a saying over there, by the way. So (laughs) so apologies if I fall into Australian (laughs) slang and stuff. But the internal scaffolding are all of those internal tools that I've got, you know, the the heart-brain coherence breathing. It's Mm. the meditation it's the balancing of my masculine and feminine archetypes it's all of that side of things and then i've got the external scaffolding which are the professionals that i go and see because often we are too close to our stuff to be able to get a clear picture on exactly what's going on and so i think having those people to go you know and i'm blessed because they do tend to know me obviously quite well because i only (laughs) work with people i trust which is a whole other conversation but You know, in terms of that, it means that they can go, you know what, you're just not seeing this, try it from this perspective. And it's like, oh, and everything drops into place. And it's like, okay, now I've got the insights. (laughs) And that's a a great reminder for people. A lot of times we need that coach. You know, we Mm. can't see what we can't see in the middle of a forest. You know, you've got to step away. You've got to, you know, as a parent, you know, that you try to tell your kids, you don't want to go down this path. I've been there. I know where it ends. You're looking at it from a helicopter (laughs) viewpoint and they're looking at it from the bush level going, oh, this looks okay. No, no, it doesn't Mm. lead to a good ending. I know this. And and you need that help. And, you know, we have athletes that have, you know, coaches that that tell Mm. them, you know, look at this this way, look at this this way. Um, it, it can be a good help for people. Um, mm. it's, it's interesting because you talk about the natural healing too. You mentioned that yeah. a couple of times. And that's so important because I think our, if you will, the Western medicine always wants to mm. push more pills, this prescription, that prescription. Yeah. It's like, oh, have you read the side effects on these? I mean, they give you three sheets of side effects when you pick this yeah. stuff up at the pharmacy. Well, anything that you're putting in your body that is not from the natural world, and this is why I like naturopathy, because everything that I'm using from there is from the natural world and is bioavailable to the body, which means that the body can use it as right. it's intended to be used. What doctors are effectively doing is introducing a foreign substance, which is actually called a poison, if we want to really put it into the correct terminology. And every poison or every medicine will have a side effect. So what they are hoping is that the right side effects are the ones that are happening in your body. (laughs) And they're hoping that the wrong ones are not the ones that are happening in your body. But we always have this saying that um, doctors are there to poison, burn or slice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And look, sometimes we need that. Sometimes we absolutely need that. If I have a big leg injury or an arm hanging off, I want those Mm -hmm. Western doctors. But if my soul is tired, if my energetic body is tired, if I am struggling with chronic fatigue or a lot of those autoimmune diseases that do tend to be because we're not following the calling of our soul, I don't want to be in that Western system because I was told for years I was the healthiest sick person they'd seen. (laughs) And not one person asked me about my relationships. Right. Not one. Nobody asked me who had my back. Yeah. And that's, you know, you you think about it. That's a a 
if you will, a taboo subject. You don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, a medical doctor doesn't want to talk about your your mental state no. because, oh, that's somebody else. They, they get scared of liability. Oh, you might yeah. get to know somebody. Oh, no, not mm-hmm. that. We can't do that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's a big help because that's maybe that just that somebody recognizing that is a help for somebody. Yeah. Maybe that just listening is a help for somebody. Um, granted, it can lead to other things. You can, you know, that can lead to a referral to a proper doctor that can take care of that things if, if that's yeah. needed. Um, but that's such an interesting thing that, you know, the medicine and the things you take are natural that the body can handle. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not introducing these, these other effects. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think of blood pressure medicine. There's many ways to do that more and reduce your blood pressure more naturally. Yeah. First thing a doctor is going to do is subscribe you a statin. Oh, does he yeah. do you understand a statin causes cancer? You know, I know. All kinds of. And all yeah. of the other things that it does. But if you look at what blood pressure is, why does your body raise blood pressure? Because you're stressed. Right. Because it needs to get the nutrients away from the torso where most of the blood is into the arms and legs so you can fight or run away. And people don't seem to. And cholesterol also gets increased because cholesterol is the bit that, you know, hormones are made from. So you need cholesterol to be able to synthesize your hormones. And if you're not synthesizing, you know, if you're trying to synthesize stress hormones all the time, your cholesterol will be up because your body's going, no, we need more of that. We need more of that. We need more of that stomach acid depletes when we're stressed because similar chemicals are used to create stomach acid than are used to create hormones and in that sort of process of fight and flight so you're not digesting your food better so of course you're going to have gas and bloating because you're trying to digest partially whole food and you're supposed to digest this sticky substance called chime which has no lumps in it but again you're your stomach doesn't have enough acid to actually fully churn that around. And so, you know, even if you think about putting something in a blender that doesn't have enough liquid in, it just doesn't blend very easily. Same thing in your stomach. Okay. And so, again, you look at some of these really common things, antacids, actually often that's because we don't have enough stomach acid. Right. Not too much because wow. what's happening is we're trying to blend up something that doesn't have enough liquid and so it gets painful. And so, you know, you look at some of these that they've got medications ready to go for and they're ready to hit prescribe because, of course, then they get their kickback. But if they're not looking at what's causing it, and that's the thing that I love about what I do is, you know, oh, well, you've got high blood pressure. Why? Because you've got these symptoms. Or why do you have these symptoms? Because you've got high blood pressure. And it's a full <laughs> <Yeah>. loop. <laughs> But nobody goes to why. Well, okay, so let's go back and let's try and work out, even if it's diabetes or if it's something even more serious. Okay, so you may have a genetic chance of having that. However, you need certain stresses to flip certain switches in the body that then go, oh, now I'm expressing that. Right. So we want to know what were those switches? Why were they flipped? When were they flipped? And is there a possibility that vibrationally we can turn them off so that you no longer have to express it? Now, obviously, that's not just a one session thing. We have to keep going and unpacking the layers and because all illness in the body is caused by traumatic layers and incidents. And when I say that a trauma doesn't have to be those big things we think of as trauma. Trauma is anything that the body finds less than nourishing and nurturing and stores it as such in the body. So traumas can be overly critical parents. It can be overly critical teachers. It could be, you know, feeling shame or embarrassment or humiliation at school. So Mm. there's a lot of these things that we store in our bodies 
that are less than nourishing and nurturing that are actually called traumas. Wow. Wow. It's yeah. interesting you bring that up because yeah, those, those type of things people don't relate to a trauma, if you will, yeah. what we think of as a trauma. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it, that's a good reminder. So thank you for that because um, yeah, there's a lot of things that can trigger different things like that. Mm. So yeah. Um, well, let me ask you on, you know, when you work on yourself, does everything else improve? Oh, hell yes. And I think that's why I call myself a transformation coach mm -hmm. is because when you come to me, I'm not going to tell you what's going to transform because it's not up to me. It is up right. to you. It is up to the divine. It is up to, you know, whatever you want to believe in your spirit guides, your angels, whoever it is that you think you have help from. It's up to you guys. It's not up to me. Right. So you may come in. And you say, I want to improve my relationships. And of course, we kind of focus on that. But you may find some changes happening over here in work or, at, you know, in other areas that you're like, huh, yeah. they're all changing. But potentially they might be the dominoes that needed to knock down first before these ones changed. Right. And so I never... I don't like to say what's going to change because it's not up to me. I'm not the highest power there is. If I was, right. we'd be in trouble. You know, <laughs> there's higher powers than me in this universe. Oh boy. <laughs> and so, I know. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. You know. <laughs> but I, I, I love that thought that you know, whatever changes for you is what is going to be in your highest good, and that is always my number one thing. Right. Is what is in the highest good of this person here okay. now they may not do that highest good thing but in that session as we're unpacking things what is coming up is in that client's highest good for them to be aware of for them right. to bring into their conscious awareness of what their behaviors are why they're behaving that way what their thoughts are behind those behaviors all of that sort of stuff because if we don't change at least one of those things it's the, if you think of a three-legged stool and you've got your thoughts, behaviors, emotions, and every modality deals with this in a slightly different way. So you can, you know, for me, if I feel that I'm feeling a lot of emotions or I'm noticing a lot of behaviors or I'm noticing a lot of thoughts, I start with that leg. I don't right. make it a prescribed thing of which one I have to start with. Gotcha. Okay. And I start with that, but you have to balance all three yeah. because the thoughts, emotions, and behaviors are so intricately combined how we express what's going on inside right or how we find out what's going on inside because of what we're expressing it's the same question just starting from a different point so i start from any one of those legs but if you're thinking about a three-legged stool they've got to be balanced or you're going to be yeah. falling off it right right and so that's the way i also look at it is we want to know what the thoughts and emotions behind the behaviors are okay we want to know what the behaviors and thoughts are being driven by the emotions right Wow. And we want to know what the thoughts are creating in terms of emotion and behavior. Okay. And that's, yeah, that, wow. That, that really helps to bring that together because mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, with the three legged stool, you don't, you can't do two without one. You know, no. it just, it doesn't work. And you're not, we're not that well balanced, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's, there's so much that intertwines that with life. And like you said, when you start to clear the heavy one, um it, it like you said it, your thoughts will lead to different behaviors which yeah. lead to different emotions because you're feeling better because your actions yeah. you know it just all relates it's a it's a good spiral um mm. when those are are balanced and in, in, in kind so um how can you 
how can we live with our own desires instead of someone else's? I found that interesting because you talk about being a people pleaser. Oh yeah, look, I I absolutely was. And if you think about the very basis of people pleasing, it is physiologically wired into us. Because if you think about going back to that very first human experience, we were all living in tribes. So again, this isn't the cultural appropriation use of tribes. We were all living in tribes. Right. If we were not accepted by that group, we were cast out into the wilderness and died. Right. So if we did too much to upset the group, we were gone and we were not going to survive out there on our own. We needed collective and we're still wired that way. So what we see is we see how our parents behave, how our teachers behave, how society behaves. We listen to the messages we're getting, all of that stuff. And that's how we start to behave. That's how we base our behavior from literally day dot. We are, we are paying attention to that. Okay. So they act this way, but they say these words, hang on, they're not lining up. So which one do I pick? And oftentimes we're sort of using that, okay, what's going to actually help me be accepted. And of course, young children don't understand, you know, good, um, good attention, bad attention. So sometimes they're just looking for attention. So there's all of these messy things that, that dive into that. And what we're taught as youngsters is you go to your doctor. If there's something wrong, you go to your parent. If you've got a problem, you defer to your teacher. If you need some help, you're always going outside of yourself for all of the answers. You go to your religious leaders or you go, and then it's not like anyone sits you down in your teenage years and go, right, you're heading towards adulthood. You know how we've told you to go out for everything. You actually now need to start listening to your heart and soul. Actually, it probably should begin at you know, the very beginning of life, you know, feel into yourself. How bad does this feel? Is it on a scale of one to 10? If it's at a 10, nine, eight, seven, go and seek external help. If it's less than that, can you work it out yourself? I don't know. Yeah. But we're never given that lesson. We're kind of never given that lesson. And yet here we are, go fly, be an adult. Yeah. (laughs) We are still behaving as children and acting as children and angry teenagers. And so when you see that explosive anger, that is that internal teenager, you know, you know, F you, you know, trying to enforce their boundaries, but with anger because they're feeling typically hurt inside or they're feeling something else. They're feeling afraid or they're feeling not protected. And very few of us actually step into that adulthood. Right. And, and act from that mature adult or young adult place in terms of not having that reactivity of the child and the teenager. And look, this is lifelong work. Yeah. I'm by no means there. Let's face it. <laughs> I still get reactive. I still get angry. I still go into my little toddler throwing her toys out the pram every now and then, <laughs> you know, luckily I catch it easier now, but you know, so many people, operate from such and most of our conditioning is pre seven a lot of it's pre two so it is like going back to being a two-year-old when we're dealing with some of these adult things and when we're consciously aware of it we can pick up on it a bit quicker oh hang on (laughs) you know yeah don't say that yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) i've been down this path before what was the result again yeah (laughs) But especially when we're in reaction, we are we are yes. acting from that part of the brain right. where we are pre two. Yeah. So and we are literally having a toddler tantrum. And that's a uh, you you talk about that, and it's funny because you say, yeah, well, you know, as a an adult, you realize, okay, it takes you over thirty years to figure out 
maybe shut your mouth once listen (laughs) don't react respond take the minute respond and think about what's it does it affect you does it really matter does it have any value in your life if it doesn't okay next move on yeah but often when we're when we're thinking about that we've got all of these stories and all of this conditioning that we can't let go of that emotion we can't let go of that feeling very easily because it's so entangled with all of these stories we've been told about ourselves or all of these stories we've been told about others right and so i think that's where working with others helps us to untangle all of that okay which bit of that story and which bit of that's truth and let's face it most of it is story right because the only truth is well they said these words to me i'm the one who put all of the meaning on them I'm the one who read it that way. And yeah, look, sometimes the body language and all of that makes it pretty cut and dry what people are intending. But the more that we can kind of unpack our stories from it, you know, I know I I actually do this process sometimes when I'm in an argument with my partner, because I'm like, well, I don't think this is about us. Like as much as we're arguing about something about us, I'm like, I don't think it's about us. And I go into, okay, so how old am I right now? Oh, hang on you know, whatever age it is that comes to mind. Okay, so what was going on for me at that stage? What did I need back then? Okay, I needed to feel seen and heard. So how in this situation am I not feeling seen and heard? And how can I interrupt this argument to say, you know what, hun, it's actually not about the thing we're arguing about. I'm not feeling seen and heard. Right. Because X, Y, Z. So I actually could, I start doing that process. <laughs> Once I'm out of the obviously reaction, right. fight and flight type thing, I start, whoa, back up, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Can I get a redo on this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what? He's never said no that's to good. doing the redo. Yeah. <laughs> because let's face it, I'm recognizing in the moment that it's my shit, not his. Right. And I'm taking it out on him and it's not right. fair. So who in that situation is not going to say, yeah, let's do a reader. I'm much preferring this fight. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. right. Yeah. This is much easier when you're calm rather than. Yeah, great. exactly. Yeah. And I can almost feel myself backpedaling. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> That's something. Well, it's, it's good to know that there's natural ways to do this stuff and, and mm. appreciate that idea that you can, you got to think about this in a much better, better way. Like you said, unpack that stuff you've carried with us. Cause we don't need it. We don't need it in our lives. We can, we, there's ways to bring this out. And, and I love that the last explanation of, okay, when you get in an argument with your spouse, take a minute and just realize what's it coming from. That's a hard one. I mean, it, and it may be, okay, you have the argument, you walk away, you're both in separate rooms steaming, and then you're thinking about it in another room and come yeah. back and talk about it. It just, it does make a difference that, you know, you you Cute. understand what you, where each other is coming from because mm-hmm. so many times you don't want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and part of the reason I appreciate it more is because I never, even with these tools, I've never been able to use them with my ex-husband. So even last Sunday I had to go and, you know, I had to go to his house and he's coming down the, you know, down the driveway with the finger pointing and the anger peeling off. And I'm like, there's nothing I can, like, I couldn't have had that conversation of, well, let's just calm down a bit. I literally just had to walk away and go, fine, if you don't want this done, I'm not going to help you anymore. You know, I'm here to help you and you're attacking me, not going to happen. So, you know, there will be people that you can't do that with. Right. And they're the people then that you need to work out where your boundary needs to sit. And if that's okay in your life or if it's not. Right. 
because right. that's a really, really important piece of the puzzle. Because I used to think there was something wrong with me because I'd try and do those things with my ex-husband and it would always blow up in my face. Right. And so I do put that little caveat in, but that's also giving you a sign and giving you some answers as to how much of an influence you want this person having in your life. Yeah. And it's okay to have boundaries and it's okay yeah. to not have that in your life. You, exactly. you determine that. So yeah. Great reminder for people. Well, Amanda, where can uh, people find out more about you, your website, how they can, you know, I, I was reviewing your website. There's some great information out there for, for people to review. What, where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so I'm at www.amandakate.com.au. I think most of my social links are on my website. Um, I do need to check that. I keep saying I'm going to check it. So maybe I'll put it on my list for today. Um, I don't think my TikTok one's on there, which is that divinely messy, but I'm just playing on there at the moment. I'm just yeah. seeing what works and what doesn't. And I'm only, I only do them when I have the energy for them as well. So, you know, my my social media is a little bit more organic than structured. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, we certainly appreciate that. We appreciate your time um, today and in your insight. I mean, it's very refreshing. So thank you so much. For oh, that. Thank, thank you. you for being a guest on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. I really appreciate it, Amanda. And, you know, good luck to, to growing what you're doing. It sounds great. Um, I really appreciate it. So keep up the good work. Oh, thank you. You too. Look, we, we need more people like you in this world as well, who are bringing voices to the world and who are sharing their own voices. So thank you. Thanks, Amanda. Appreciate it. You have a great day. You too. All right. Hello, this is Bob Brum, your encouragement engineer. I want to be your contrarian. I want to help you in the battle to overcome the negativity that inundates our daily lives. You're better and greater than your situation, and you've been given a gift by our great creator. As an encouragement engineer, I can help you to see the value of a positive perspective, positive actions, and positive mindset in your life. No matter if you're a solopreneur, a corporate contributor, or a large organization, the value of your greatness needs to be shared with the world. As an author and encouragement engineer, I would love the opportunity to enlighten your organization with the value of positivity for your situation. We can overcome negativity with the light of positivity. I encourage you to contact us at BobBrumSpeaks.com for more information, and let's have a conversation about your situation and how we can help you. Thanks for joining us on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. To learn more about the services Bob provides, please visit his website at BobBrumSpeaks.com for more information, and please feel free to share this podcast to your friends.